Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen. This is a podcast about hanging out in Copenhagen. Hello and welcome to Six Show, Coping in Copenhagen on 97.7 FM. My name is Owen, and of course, of course, of course, Marius is sitting beside me. Hi, Elsam. <laughs> How are you doing? Are I'm you very, doing? I'm very good. Yeah? I'm very good. Good. Very good. This is your modern guide to living in the city of Copenhagen. We talk about Denmark as well, and you know what? We talk about Scandinavia sometimes too. There, There'll be Scandi stuff on this one. Scandi talk? Oh-ho. Uh-huh. Oh-ho. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What else is going to be on this show, Marius? Well, uh, we have the news roundup. That's the start. Yeah. Then we have a fascinating um, on-location interview at uh, Huset Cinema, Huset in Maestrede, uh, the uh, the very famous building. Yep. Um, Bastard Cafe. Bastard Cafe, uh, theater um, uh, hit, uh, yep. House of International Theater, sometimes yep. two shows there. But that's not why we went there. We went there because we were... Interviewing Jack Stevenson, uh, an American author and film showman who runs uh, Huset Cinema. Uh, he's also the uh, author of Scandinavian Blue, Erotic Cinema in Sweden and Denmark in the 60s and 70s. And his latest book, Haunted Horror Stories, North Horror Stories from Viking Country. Fascinating gentleman. We're going to have mm-hmm. a very interesting conversation with him later on. Oh yeah. After that, what are we going to be doing? Then uh, I got some really hot tips. For what we should be doing? Electrifying. There's a little clue there. Let's get into it. You're on sick. So in the news, Owen, because yeah. I know you don't read them. I don't. I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You're an excellent reader, but uh, I choose not to. But you choose not to. So uh, Google, the yeah. tech giant. I've heard of them. Google. Yep. Uh, they have removed all Danish music from YouTube. What? Yeah. Uh, I know it's bad, but I mean, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. That's a bit. That's a bit harsh, Google. <laughs> no. Uh, the reason is that the tech giant. Uh, They are currently um, renegotiating with uh, not only the Danish uh, but uh, the Nordic uh, sort of collecting society, as called. Apparently, um, these are the people who who manage sort of royalties yeah, okay. and uh, sort of make sure that the Danish artists and the Norwegian and the Finnish artists uh, get their royalties. Yeah, uh, but they are renegotiating currently, and uh, Google wants to reduce the redu- the royalties by 70%. percent. Yes, seventy percent. Yeah, that's my a, coffee. That's a spit take. Um, yeah, and this is from the. I don't know why Sweden. It, according to the article, Sweden is not involved. So I don't know how. Maybe it's because they actually create good pop music. Uh, they, Abba, Abba would sort of just just yeah, Abba yeah. alone would probably fix that. Google won't fuck with Abba. I, I, I most of us wouldn't. I, no. I mean. <laughs> so why, why, why are they cutting seventy? What seventy percent? Um yeah so it's it's from the platform YouTube. Yes. So I think it's this whole idea that uh that maybe because YouTube is still I I I don't know do you know anyone who has a pro YouTube subscription? Because I get these no. the pop-up ads every now and then like subscribe get yeah, a pro yeah, YouTube. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh try try YouTube for free for yeah. 45 days. Yes. Ad free. Uh, but I don't care. I just I have a YouTube ad blocker. I, Why yeah. would I care? There's ways around you. <laughs> yeah. I mean uh, but, but I don't I don't know. This is purely uh, speculation but maybe it's because uh, they're struggling a bit with getting people to buy a pro subscription. Yeah like the the, the big thing. Oh have you seen those YouTube TV shows now? Like YouTube's pr- produced mm. TV shows? Never. 
never will I watch one of those. <laughs> you could put a gun to my head and say, watch a season of this YouTube show. And I, I, I shoot me. Mm. I won't. No, no. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Unless we come on YouTube and start doing <laughs> Unless we get our YouTube channel to. sorted. And, <laughs> and then by all means, by check all means. out, get the pr- premium. <laughs> get the premium. No, uh, that's speculation. But I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, they're struggling getting people to sign up. And uh And 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 probably also just because they can, like, no, this is a, no, 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 no. I this, think this, so. This is not. So you're saying that they're just picking, that they're just cutting it because they want to save a bit of cash. Uh no, they well yeah basically yeah, and, and they, and they can they can sort of just Danish. take remove all the content, and then how are these artists? Well, there's Spotify and other platforms and yeah. stuff like that. But like, it's a, it's a quite a sort of a, I use YouTube for a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, not Danish music, but a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, so it is quite a blow and it's like, uh, it's definitely Google sort of flexing their muscles, uh, trying to This put pressure to se- secure this deal. Yeah, it is a bit or- Orwellian kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, anyway, so so Google, yes, they've done this. And Carl uh, uh, Struvev, the media director for Coda, which is the Danish royalty c- sort of collecting agency, uh, says that this is typical of Google. They've always had kind of a my hi- way or the highway kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but even, like he even feels like this is a kind of a new low for, for Google. Um And I I I I get the perspective, and 70% sounds like a lot to sort of yeah. cut uh, things. Uh, and and what are they gonna do? Are they just they don't really have a leg to stand on. I mean, no, no, just, yeah. we're we're stopping. Either we're on it or yeah. we're not. And yeah. Denmark is, or I mean, Norway, Denmark, and Finland still very small market. So I think Google could be like, well, fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, But then I'm also there is something with me about the, like I'm all for uh, artists getting their 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 fair share and there's a lot with like Spotify that they don't really like it's insane how many fucking plays you have to get to get like any kind of money out of it. Yeah. Um and I remember when we spoke to um the the director of uh, Vika like she talked about we talked about where's the music industry going and yeah. it's very much sort of concerts that mm-hmm. are sort of the 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 money Yeah, uh, maybe a bit of merchandise. I don't even know, but like concerts. So yeah, it it ain't it ain't your albums. It ain't the music online anymore. It's no, like, yeah. no. So I can see how this is a, a further blow, but maybe it's also like there there there's gonna have to be some kind of change in how uh, the music industry is is but the thing making it, money or it, how artists are making money because uh, in the end it's the artist that's suffering. Yeah, but the thing is, we went through that change. Streaming yeah. services came out. Music on was online. Mm. YouTube and Spotify made it free to listen to nearly everything. Okay, fair. A lot of people are paying for Spotify now, but like yeah. the change came, and now thump, another one. Yeah, like completely unexpected. Like live music's gone as well. Yeah, yeah with the Corona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not a great time. Yeah, it's tough, <laughs> man. It's really tough. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to follow sort of what what's going to happen here and how I'll I'll try and keep an eye out for this and see where where it lands. Yeah, well, let's 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 I don't know. Do we suggest people listen to Danish music on YouTube? Well, they can't. It's not there. What? They totally got rid of it. They totally got rid of it. I haven't I haven't tried searching for any Danish music, but uh, I assume, according to this article, that's what it says. So, uh, yeah. But let's do no no okay yeah, okay search for search for uh uh oh, what's a Danish search for just write Medina are oh, you really undermining this <laughs> 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 
that uh that's that's that danish. danish music that's danish music on youtube on youtube <laughs> and i'm not vpning this this is this is all right let's try another one uh uh, uh right suspect s u yeah s p e k yeah you got it suspect Hmm. Yep. Danish music on YouTube. Danish music on YouTube. Right. Oh, have you you've just debunked this whole article, Owen. Um, What's the conspiracy then? Does it say it's being taken off? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, like they have like like quotes from you know Carl Struve, media director for Coda, and they had another quote from somebody else. Uh, right, well, the, 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 what was it? The what's what's the big one? Something in '99. What's what's the uh, the minds of '99. Minds of '99. That's the end. End of '99. Yep, there we are. I'm gonna uh, check when this article is from. <laughs> <laughs> August first, 2020. Okay, well, I don't know what to say. The article is from the first of August, so uh, maybe it hasn't been put into effect yet. Maybe that's why. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's an unprecedented move by the media giant. All music generated by Danish artists has temporarily been removed. Maybe it's been put back up on, and they've just caved in. I don't know. Huh. Hmm. To be investigated. Yes. yes. <laughs> to be m- on a basic level researched. <laughs> yeah, very basic level researched. <laughs> to be, to be, just to be checked. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna scroll through an article. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah. This show is off to an amazing start. Keep going. <laughs> Don't stop now. <laughs> Night trains to Europe. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Night trains from Menmo to Brussels. Uh, see, Scandi. Yeah. And from Stockholm to Hamburg will be set up by the Swedish government by August. Wait for it. 2022. <laughs> 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 It's a slow news week, okay? Oh, it's a slow news week. But <laughs> it does have relevance to the current sort of climate because, um, you know, a lot of people are not too excited about flying currently. And, uh, yeah, it's not very um, easy maybe to, to get a, a flight and they might be canceled and stuff I, like that. And, and we shouldn't be flying as much. And uh, also, uh, environmentally, exactly, it's uh, it's not it good. It ain't good for you. So, uh, and 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 I have read other articles saying that there's kind of kind of a, a surge or a re sort of uh, uh, rediscovering of of sleeper trains. Yes, yes, and I'm a fan of those. Yeah, we talked about them previously. We have done yes, yes. we quite like them both of us. Uh, uh, Jack Stevenson, who we speak to later on, said it was the one of the reasons he came to Europe in the first place. That's true. Yep. Yes, because they didn't have trains in america well they did but nope nope <laughs> there were no trains in america <laughs> do some research man <laughs> do some research before you open your mouth the chinese didn't build any railways <laughs> see a bit of history for you there anyway uh <laughs> no anyway uh yeah sustainable traveling options uh, low-cost flights have taken up a large part of uh, the journeys but now more and more uh, countries are changing or charging an extra fee for the aircraft's uh, climate impact 
Uh, so we see uh, uh, a re-emerging interest in uh, sustainable traveling, mm. and uh, trains are a very good way to do that. So um, back in 2015, because we used to have night trains uh, here from Denmark, actually. Uh, to uh, Germany? Yeah, to Germany. Uh, but that was suspended due to the lack of uh, financial profit for DSB and uh, Deutsche Bahn, uh, the major railway companies. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, in 2016, Germany also completely gave up their night trains uh, to and from Copenhagen for economical reasons. But they're they're probably coming back. It'll be take a bit of time, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, something to cool. look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm. They have to be sort of. It, they have to be able to compete on uh, the the yeah. prices. Yes, a hundred percent. Trains here in Denmark are, and except for that little bonus they gave here with yeah. the eight day passing, but normally they're fucking expensive trains yeah. here, even you, compared to flights. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like, and you get you get like talk about going to Berlin. You get those flexi bus. Yeah, twenty euro. Yeah, eight hours down. I mean, Dirt cheap. Yeah, I mean, let's make it a little bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. A little bit more reasonable. You got to go on a ferry on that one, also. It's it's a great. I've oh yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, it's it's it, it. Come on. Mm. Just make it a little bit. I like. If you want to, it, but this is interesting because there's this kind of like rev- we're reverting back to the other the old ways, right? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, things have to yeah. change, and we're starting to do it. But yeah, fi- we have to see the the change financially as well. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd love. To, I'd. I'd I'd be up and down to Berlin every week if if it was like a, a sleeper train. If you could just pop on, yeah, have yeah. a glass of wine or something, yeah, have a little bit of a nap. Three Valiums. <laughs> just need one, man. <laughs> I keep telling you, uh, <laughs> have a bit of a nap. Get up in the morning. You're in Berlin. Yeah. Bah. Yeah. That'd be like, great. That'd I love I love the bus. Actually, no, I hate the bus. Yeah. I but it's, hate the bus. it's very easy yeah. and it's cheap and that's that's very functional. Mm. But God, I hate sleeping on buses. Yeah, that, that, that's. I've done good. it too many times in my life. Yeah, I got it's just no. it. Ne- it's never like oh, I was a good sleep. I've been on a luxury. <laughs> I had a luxury bus in uh, South America. Yeah, they where, do that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was one of those yeah, you could fold out the seats and everything. But even bed, that right? was still kind of shit. Yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't really worth the money I paid for it. To be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, and it was fucking cold also because they just ram oh, up the air conditions. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I was just shivering the whole night. Also because I was. An idiot and hadn't read up on that and was just in flip flops and a tank top. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, great final article. Oh yeah. Speaking of cold, yes, it's been cold. The summer has not really been here in July. Not has really. it? Owen? No. Has no, it? No. 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 Great. Mm-hmm. It's That's coming great. back. What? It's coming back. What? Second spit take. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, July has actually been uh, the coldest what, month ever. <laughs> well, the coldest summer in 22 years. Jesus. Um, or oh, coldest July in 22 years. However, August looks to set off. Has, it's been a kind of a nice start here. The first two days have been quite pleasant. Uh, first four days, I should say. Um, but it's getting even better. Uh, temperatures are expected to turn up a notch on uh, Wednesday. That being uh, yesterday. In time time of recording on Thursday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and 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 it should should sort of continue for at least up until sort of the, um, around the fifteenth, sixteenth, mm-hmm. where we can expect like twenty degrees and stuff like that. Nice. So uh, yeah, we might get a bit of summer oh, God, here at lovely. the at the end. Um, sorry, p- poised to continue until at least August twelfth. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> we, we, you got to take what you can get here. Absolutely. You got to take what you can get. Indeed. And I took all that news and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you so much for giving it to me. You're so welcome. Uh, check out uh, Copenhagen Post for more information. Uh, and if you clicked on the Copenhagen Post link, hey, hey, welcome to the show. God, that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> But I tell you what's going to happen next. We're going to speak to a fascinating gentleman by mm-hmm. the name of Jack Stevenson. He is the runner of uh, the cinema you find in uh, Husel. Yeah. So Husel is that big building with the Basel Cafe at the bottom that we... Um, if you haven't checked out Husel... Check it out. Check it out. It's a maze. Yeah. Like, literally, it's it's four buildings combined to one. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, then the main building is from the 1700s. Yeah. It's yeah. like in one of the oldest streets in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. But at the very tip top of this, yeah. there's a really small, cushy, hooga little cinema. Oh, yeah. And it plays the most amazing movies. Shit films. <laughs> Shit films on purpose. Like yeah. The Room... Uh, you can see um, Big Lebowski Big Lebowski Which nights. is not a shit film In any way No no But it's a fun nasty. film It's a fun um, film But absolutely If you haven't done this You've got to go check out Their movies You got it. They're, they're on Facebook They've got a bunch of stuff Lined up And yeah. they also do Amazing documentaries And events mm. uh, Like um, we, I went there With um, uh, the burlesque guys Yeah true yeah. Copenhagen uh, Burlesque Cabaret or, yeah. ca- Sorry Cabaret Copenhagen Did their show um, And it's run by this Fascinating gentleman by the name of Jack Stevenson, mm-hmm. who has been living here for near 20 years now. Yeah. Coming up to 20 years, to, uh, 18 years or so. Uh, he's an author, uh, a cinemaphile, I would say. Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff, and he was kind enough. Maverick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind enough to speak to us and give us a little tour of the cinema. Let's have a listen. We're winding our way up at the stairs of Husel, discussing the last time we went up there to see a movie. When was the last time you came here for a movie? Uh, I went to see uh, The Room. Um, oh, hi, Mark. I think that was last year, though. It's been a while. I saw it like two weeks ago. Once we reach the top, we enter a small corridor with glass cabinets filled with vintage erotic books. And then we step inside the little cafe bar that acts as the reception for the Husel Cinema. Did you speak to Jack? Soon after we arrive, Jack meets us in the cafe, coming out of some hidden nook or cranny of the vastness that is the Husel building. He's mid-stride when he introduces himself, coffee in hand, clearly after what already has been a busy day. We go straight through to the cinema and past it, into the projection room, what seems to be hundreds of 16 millimeter film stacking the walls. This is our operating room. This is the last 35 millimeter projector operating in Denmark. Oh, cool. Uh, the Cinematheque also mm-hmm. shows 35, but we're the last commercial theater out of 162 to still show. Yeah. The old school 35 millimeter stuff. But we only stop there briefly as we continue our journey, going up a tiny little stairs into what seems to be the highest room, a tiny attic filled with countless rugs and Egyptian artifacts. This is the room we really would have regretted losing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Even mm-hmm. more so than the cinema. Even more than the cinema? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just <laughs> down the road or something. Okay. So how did you come across this? How did you become a caretaker, owner? 
Uh, I was in um, in the late '80s. I came over from America. I'm American and uh, traveled around every summer from '87, '88, '89 through Europe, and uh, it was fascinating to me. Number one, to travel on trains because we really don't have train travel there mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also to visit some of these small underground movie theaters. They really, in America, don't have a concept of small movie theaters. They don't have a concept of culture houses. This is a classic culture house, mm -hmm. you know, the type that they have throughout Holland and Germany, primarily. This is based on the same formula, which was, in the early 70s, a lot of hippies slumstorming or besetting or squatting mm -hmm. buildings that were not in use and uh, like in every Dutch city every small Dutch town has a culture house based on exactly this formula hmm. so this was uh, 50 years ago uh, where Hooset is having its um, 50 year celebration anniversary in the first week of September mm -hmm. coming yeah. up yeah, okay. that was moved from April April was the actual date 50 years ago that the hippies squatted ah, okay. Hooset, which is four different buildings, mm -hmm. all connected, and now connected with weird staircases and hallways, yeah. and twisty hallways. Yeah. Yeah. The building that the cafe is in is from 1901, and when you walk into the cinema, you are actually in another building, the one from <laughs> 1732. Uh -huh. This room up here, there have been people who have worked in Hooset for 25 years who never knew this room was here. So it's a, it's a strange catacomb and a maze of of mystery and chaos to mm. people can never find their way from one room or one building to the other mm. they try to create synergy by having events okay now you're here then you will go to this room and mm. something will continue and it never works really because <laughs> everybody goes down into the courtyard and smokes a cigarette and goes home you clearly had an interest uh, a fascination with this these kind of culture houses did you come across uh this place before you came to denmark or was this when you were in denmark oh when i was here um I had friends here in Copenhagen yep. um, from around 88 onward, and then in 1989 I came over with a backpack full of 16 millimeter films mm -hmm. and um, tried to get a screening in Copenhagen, and this was the only theater that would give me a screening, Hoos's Biograph, run by a guy called Bill Nilsson. <laughs> this was always Copenhagen's most desperate and marginal movie theater, mm -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it still is today the most grassroots, accessible, and non-corporate, yeah. fiercely non-corporate. When you walk into most chain cinemas, you see a couple of teenagers dressed in uniforms looking unhappy. <laughs> so we totally try to avoid that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, the, uh, so I did a show here in 1992. And then I uh, met a Danish woman and was married the next year in 1993. And I've lived in Denmark ever since. That's how I ended up in Denmark. Mm. And then uh, in the mid-90s, I worked at the European Film College in Abeltoft, the film yeah. high school. And my job there was to teach the students how to operate their large theater mm -hmm. called Big Bear. It was It's about 240 seats. And... It had 35 millimeter and all the equipment, and then they would play commercial films. So, but if you're in a small provincial Danish town, you can't experiment too much. Yeah, that meant playing Titanic and the Full Monty over and over, <laughs> basically. Uh -huh. And Titanic was amazing. It was like some kind of hysteria. We programmed two shows, and they sold out. So we ended up programming ten shows, and they all sold out. 
and after in in the morning like we would all go into the cinema and start cleaning up and it was just it was like a gold mine you know people left their wallets and there was <laughs> change and mm. bills around uh it was uh it was an amazing time I and mean, that was a that movie also kind of revitalized a lot of small theaters too it's uh um, and uh, then in 1998, we moved back to the Copenhagen area, and um, I had kept in touch with this place in, in, in the meantime. And then in 2005, I started working here as a volunteer at Hoos's Biograph. Mm-hmm. Worked for Baron Nielsen for, until he retired in 2009. This is the man you knew from that the That was the man I knew mm-hmm. who ran it from 1992 to 2009. Mm-hmm. He deserves all the credit in the world. He brought it into the modern era. He upgraded all the equipment. He uh, put in 12 hours a day for 17 years. It was incredible. It wouldn't would not be a movie theater, I guarantee it, if he had not put in all that time and energy on it. But by 2009, he was tired of the whole thing. And so he retired, and then I took over as the head of an all-volunteer group to k- keep the theater going. Yeah. And... Then we ran it through 2009 and into 2010, and it was very difficult um, in those days because I was creating, now that I was kind of in charge of the place, I was creating all these crazy programs Mm -hmm. and booking all these insane movies to play here and then sending out my the programs to the mainstream media, which would completely ignore us. Um, And uh, social media was not evolved to where it is today, so we really had no mechanism to contact our audiences, to find our niche audiences, our fiercely niche audiences. And so that was a tough year. We had no money coming in. Our drinks cooler was breaking down, and for about a week it made a sound like an outboard motor on a boat. Um, And you couldn't have a conversation in the cafe because it was so loud, and then it blew up and Mm. didn't work anymore. But fortunately, it was an extremely cold winter, and there's like a little rooftop. You can access it to from a window in the hallway outside the cafe. So we just took all our drinks and stuck them in the snowbank that was on the roof. <laughs> and then yeah. when people wanted a drink, we would bring in the beer with a lot of snow around it. <laughs> and that's also that creates kind of a exactly. fun uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it also created a floor that started warping because yeah. <laughs> none of us of knew water. at the time you don't leave a pools of water on a wooden floor. But you, you've mentioned uh, you have a niche uh, uh, following, and uh, the cinema is famous for its its B movies. Yeah, it's B movie culture, and because you've you you've created this popular place now, I would say. Yeah. But for something that isn't popular, how how is that blending in this? Well, culture? we are limited here. It's mm. frustrating to us that um, basically people come here to see movies they already know. Yeah, um, we lack the ability to do things like a film festival would do, like the. Uh, Pix Festival. Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did a. <clears throat> it was uh, in 2018. We did a, and uh, we were contacted by the uh, Friends of Vietnam Society. This is a Danish Vietnamese um, society uh, that uh, Danish people who had traveled to Vietnam and were sympathetic with Vietnam and. They had a lot of movies about the war, the Vietnam War, that okay. were made by the North Vietnamese. So this is unusual stuff. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it. It was also on 35 millimeter. Um, 
and then uh, we programmed a show and we got the Danish expert on the Vietnam War to come. He's written a large book about it in Danish and to lecture about it. And um, normally if we did that here, we would only have four people come because it's a very niche show. Mm -hmm. um, but we uh, did it in cooperation with the PIX Festival uh, and we were in their program and it turned out to be a great night and 70 people showed up. Mm. That's because that night in hundreds, in a hundred cafes in Copenhagen, there were people studying their program saying, what am I going to go see yeah. tonight? Yeah. That looks interesting. Yeah. And that's what we lack. We're a small theater. We're volunteer run. We don't have a massive advertising budget. We also cater to an audience that basically, um, knows what it likes. We did a, a very ambitious program about films that were inspired by the Paris riots of 1968. Mm -hmm. We had a French guy do massive research from his uh, home in Bordeaux and um, we did it together with the Cinematheque and uh, also the French Institute here in Copenhagen and it was very ambitious and um, uh, some of the shows at the Cinematheque did okay, but the shows here for one week, two or three shows a night, rarely had more than 15 people mm -hmm. because it was, um, these are, it's still niche shows. People know the event that happened, but they don't know the specific films, and so they have to be persuaded. Mm -hmm. You have to convince them to come that it will be interesting, mm -hmm. and that's what we are weak at. We don't have any paper program. We are kind of typecast for showing movies like The Room. Yeah. Mm. For a long time, this it was like an art house movie theater, and it okay. it was a phrase, a Danish phrase. We show quality films. Okay, it's a kind of Danish phrase, um, and it uh, and we still had that phrase attached to the cinema into yeah. the room period and I go we have to get rid of that phrase uh -huh. we're showing the worst movie ever made it's our <laughs> best movie <laughs> uh, and we're proud of it and we're you know mm -hmm. we have to get rid of this phrase it's also a stupid phrase because who determines what's quality yeah, it's, it yeah. sounded elitist and snobby and snotty to me uh, but getting back to the French thing the guy who uh, programmed it. He act, he was in Copenhagen for about two weeks, and for ten days he lived here in this haunted attic. <laughs> we had a bed over there, and um, he ate the f dish flesk-styed fried flesk-styed flesk. Yeah. I've been here so long, and I still can't say these <laughs> key words. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then he had to come back here and lay on the bed and drink like twenty bottles of water, as I said. <laughs> They warned him in the menu that this is basically fried pork fat, mm -hmm. so it may taste good, but you will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, he was sleeping that night, and the people in the cafe always dump their bottles at one point into a large container down in the alleyway, and so it makes this ungodly racket. So mm -hmm. it turned out they did this every night, and so every night it was like a tradition. He would wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning be rousted out of a sleep, run over to that window, open it up, and uh, scream hideous curse words <laughs> in French. Yeah. <laughs> so that became a tradition. He also took a shower here, too, so it's a little bit like the Phantom of the Opera, this mm. place. You could live here for mm -hmm. for a week and never leave. Who's yeah. it? In terms of what do you think that differentiates you from cin uh, Cinematique? Because Cinematique yeah. for sure also has this exactly. elitist kind of a bit snobbish. 
to yeah. some extent that they show sort of yeah quality films. Cinematech sort of audience is generally a bit square and serious. Yeah. We've had people do shows here and do shows there, and some people have said we like them doing to do them better at your place because it's looser, more unhinged, mm-hmm. uh, and they can tend to be a bit serious and square yeah. over there. Um, not all the audiences they they do great stuff um, and but they have a, a broad public a wide public they can launch a silent movie festival and have it be a success mm. who thought a silent movie festival would be a success most people hate silent movies mm-hmm. it's black and white it's old it's silent I hate it mm-hmm. um, they would say but the last one that they started last year was a big success it's something we would love to do but we can't do we don't have their muscle we don't have uh, 50,000 pamphlets in all the libraries in the greater mm. Copenhagen area, not only in Copenhagen, yeah, yeah. but in the whole area. Uh, so they have a massive budget for uh, publicity, for they have many built in advantages, but um, we, we can do it in our own way. We can do things in our own way. For mm. example, uh, there was a film called I, I a Groupie. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's me a groupie, mm-hmm. not to be confused with I a groupie. Mm-hmm. Um, and from 1970, uh, about a sexy girl who travels around Europe and meets a lot of rock stars, uh, as one can imagine from the title. So I was on 16 millimeter cinemascope, and it was supposed to be played at the Cinematheque. But they asked us to do it instead because <laughs> they they cannot they would play it but they their sixteen millimeter projector had to be moved far to one side. Ah, okay. Because okay. they installed DCP digital cinema package. It's mm-hmm. new. So they weren't ashamed of it. They, they weren't went, ashamed of right, it. Okay. They play pretty sh- shameless films. Okay. Okay. <laughs> in their Psych Out series. Yeah. It's programmed by Morton Tang and Mass Mikkelsen. So we played it here. And uh, it looks great on 16 millimeter cinemascope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Super 8 blown up or something. It has that real film quality to mm-hmm. it. And we played it again here the other day. And uh, to play it here, you have to sit on the balcony. I, as the operator, projectionist, have to sit on the, put the projector on the lip of the balcony and play it from there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That necessitates I climb up on a ladder and sit on the edge of the balcony, our small balcony. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the dark. Um, and there are also some large uh, spotlights for decoration purposes we have on the balcony. And mm-hmm. so at one point, I didn't realize it, but I was knocking one of, in the process of knocking one mm-hmm. over the edge of the balcony. So it did fall over the edge, hit the top of the piano, exploded in the most horrific loud explosion and right in the middle of a quiet scene. <laughs> and then I had to yell, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> so that's what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what we can do. And it's like traumatic thing, totally bizarre traumatic thing right yeah. in the middle of a movie show. Yeah. You don't pay extra for it. It just, because <laughs> you're here. What do you, what do you think, like, so that's, so that's you uh, compare, in comparison, but what do you think about film and cinema in, in overall? Because, right, so especially in the last, eight months we've or no 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 five months we've recognized that streaming services are huge you got hbo netflix yeah. amazon they're all they all have them now um it's much more pay you know you pay for the opportunity yeah. to play it when you want to play yeah. it um th- we're more and more we're seeing cinemas full of like mega mega multi-million movies so like disney marvel or these, these blockbuster ones we're less and less of the more of a creative side of our cinemas coming out. What, what do you think the future is yeah. going to be for these kind of like quality movies? Yeah, 
uh, it's becoming more homogenized and more mainstream, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, also in America, the repertory or art house theaters are shrinking. Mm -hmm. This type of thing is shrinking and also going more online. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but people will always need to go out. I mean, of course, during the virus, people got used to watching Netflix, etc. Constantly, but people will still need to go out. And um, I think that movies should always be seen in a dark place where you're sitting next to strangers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge fan of all the old movie theaters that used to exist in America, the old grindhouses, the porn movie theaters, the kung fu movie theaters, always in the ghettos. Uh, of um, big American cities and it was an experience to go in uh, when I would go to the uh, the Pilgrim Theater in downtown Boston and it was fantastic uh, it was a you would get three uh, Hong Kong Kung Fu triple feature with incredible trailers people would eat food in the place mm -hmm. people would smoke cigarettes and then when they wanted to get rid of their cigarette they would just flick it into the row in front of them <laughs> uh, so this was great atmosphere <laughs> and um, so it's atmosphere basically yeah. we're in a small small way trying to recreate that here that's mm -hmm. why we've tried to make the place look weird <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's very much the, the how you sort of yeah set yourself apart and then keep yeah. this alive is by sort of honoring maybe some of these old art house cinemas and it's been, as I understand been part of the, the sort of DNA of this uh, cinema the whole time it has it has it, it wasn't of course it was made into a cinema but it, it has a cinema feel to it mm -hmm. um, and um, do you know when the yeah. cinema started was it in 1992 uh, you said or 1970 was the birth of the whole house the whole house concept. yeah, yeah okay, right. but 1973 this started as a cinema okay okay making it the Copenhagen's oldest uh, small art house mm -hmm. cinema. Uh, and I, we're not an art house anymore, but... I see, well, as you walk in, there, there's um, a couple of uh, glass um, panels by the bathrooms, and there's um, quite interesting collectible books and things like this. Exactly. Um, a lot of a pornographic nature. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Is Was this ever a porn cinema as well? or, 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 or Because Dan Denmark famously first place yeah. to legalize pornography right, and the, right. we've th we've talked about it on the show before about this weird blurring of w what porn was it was it was a normal movie with famous actors and then porn scenes put into it like it was this very yeah, uh, it was unusual in Denmark being um, that uh, in America sex films were ghettoized Russ Meyer was a sex filmmaker but his films usually played in grindhouses mm. Um, or art houses, which kind of shifted product, um, but they were both very niche. It would never play in a, a big mainstream theater. And mm. they did, toward the end of the 60s, 68, 69, play in big American uh, mainstream movie theaters. Um, and mm. then, of course, Deep Throat came out in 72. But in Denmark, there was a much more relaxed approach to the whole thing, and they had... Uh, famous Danish actors mm -hmm. and people doing the crew and stuff on because Dan Danish film industry is a small industry and you had to do the work where the work was <laughs> and that's from 68 to 75 that's where it was making sex films mm -hmm. so that's definitely a, a key uh, component of Danish film history and popular culture and as an American it's always amazing to me to um, also, just generally being in charge of this cinema, the 
whole Danish mentality is much more relaxed. Uh, we also have a children's film club in the um, in the cinema that's been running since 1992. It's the oldest one in Copenhagen. But in America, if I was running a cinema and a mother brought her daughter to drop her off to attend the children's film club and saw a poster for the fetish film festival playing, she would become very angry. Americans get very angry about sex and taxes. So <laughs> this is, our tax money is going for this filth. Uh-huh. Uh, the flip side of that is it's impossible to create a scandal in Denmark. You try to create a scandal, nobody cares. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So America's a scandal culture, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when it comes to sex or taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the British also have a weird view on sex, but somewhat different from the weird American view, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally apart from the much more relaxed and basically mind your own business sort of Danish mm-hmm. approach to that. So this, but this has never been a purely porn theater. Um, there were some uh, in Copenhagen, of course, but they've turned into theaters with cabins. And uh-huh. and now for Hawaii the- Hawaii Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii Bio. Yeah, and for those people who are so elderly that they can't find, grope their way onto the internet, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't see how any of them would be able to exist. No. Uh, <laughs> So Rope that's pretty much to the internet. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much the. Um, but uh, yeah, but this was in the seventies, basically run as a series of collectives yeah. by volunteers, and who's it is a leftist milieu to start with. Mm. So the cinema was a leftist gathering point, mm. and they played movies that were uh, socialist movies, communist, anarchist movies. Uh, uh, social realism, Ken Loach, like uh, Family Life, mm-hmm. uh, movies like that, movies that were not fun, not big Hollywood movies, yeah. uh, and um, so uh, that's how it kind of went through the years. There was a period in 1977 when it was a run, it was called the Delta View. Mm-hmm. It, it had many different names over the years, and they played a movie during that year called the Apple Warriors, Abla Kriena. Mm-hmm. It was a Swedish movie, and it had a kind of anti-EU sentiment to it. And in the leftist milieu in Denmark at that point, the EU was very unpopular. So that was full every night, and there were 100 people in the cinema. They had benches, no seats. Mm-hmm. So he made so much money that he opened his own theater around the corner, now called the Comedy Zoo. Oh, it used okay. to be an important underground movie theater really? called the Delta Bio. Oh. And in 1996, it became the Comedy Zoo and became important in the Danish stand-up scene, yeah, where yeah, Anders Madsen yeah, yeah, used to yeah. hang out and stuff like that. Yeah. But it used to be the most comfortable underground movie theater in Copenhagen with <laughs> airline seats that it was impossible to stay awake in. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we've talked, like, clearly you have a, a vast knowledge of, of um, these, these niche movies and the, the, the cinema culture. Could you have felt comfor- comfortable in any uh, any country you'd move to and live to or is, is Denmark specifically um, something you uh, feel comfortable with um, to create by working with all this art but I think it became um, it wasn't that I thought that Denmark will be the perfect place I just met a Danish woman <laughs> and moved here uh-huh. um, so there wasn't anything premeditated about okay. and I didn't know that I would be running a movie theater yeah. there at that point um, but, w- so w- but was your was your passion um, interchangeable um, I'm a film book writer. When yeah. We talked about the Danish history of sex cinema. I wrote a film called Scan- a book called Scandinavian Blue about that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the definitive work of that era. And um, uh, but 
as I have come to uh, be running this cinema, I appreciate being in Denmark all the time for the reasons that I've just discussed. And also, um, the, yeah, the incredible freedom and also being able to be part of a small theater that's part of a culture house. Yeah. Um, because if we were a commercial theater, I know if I, I look at the scene in America and so many things are going out of business. So you mm -hmm. have to go on GoFundMe just to stay in business. Mm -hmm. So we have survived thus far the, the virus and so we're, and we're running at half capacity but doing well. Um, but So I'm happy to be doing it in Denmark and doing it in a culture house. It's um, if I was able to run a commercial theater, I'm sure I would run it out of business in one week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're thankful you don't, yeah. and you're doing this place. I mean, yeah, this, exactly. is, this has been, um, for, for me personally coming here, this is a, an incredibly important cultural spot. I, but it is, it is uh, unique also. Yeah. Um, if this cinema didn't exist here, there would be no uh, Sex Workers Film Festival, there would be no burlesque... Uh, lounge film series there would be no um uh, because there there is a burlesque scene in every big city yeah. uh where people come and dress in uh, we, yeah, we, we, we've, we've um interviewed them we actually of zero what the last burlesque show they did okay okay yeah, yeah. and uh but world cities like berlin los angeles london new york uh, mm. they have they all have a sex workers film festival, which can be very political. Um, but if this cinema did not exist in this city, Copenhagen would not have one. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of small festivals that would not exist here if yeah. we were not here. Mm -hmm. And of course, these are the more fringe or subculture type of, um, so we're fiercely non-mainstream, fiercely non-corporate, mm -hmm. basically. And also uh, quite um, internationally friendly. Like yes, it's, it's the most internationally uh, international movie theater. Uh, most of our stuff is in English or with English subtitles, sometimes only in da Danish, but we have to tell people that because we have a lot of students, foreign students, foreign people working here, uh, people who haven't learned Danish perfectly like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we are, we are the most clearly. And we also have a young, a young audience, probably mm -hmm. the youngest audience. Uh, so, um, and it seems to be uh, still surviving after the whole virus thing. Thank you so much to Jack for taking some time to talk to us there. Uh, an amazing building, uh, yeah. an amazing cinema, uh, an amazing man. Maverick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. No, it was really. I've been to that building many times. Yeah, and I've, I've had the uh, the pleasure of doing some theater and sort of. If you just go there and you just see the Bastard Cafe or go to an event, you don't really see the the sort of the behind the the scenes kind of thing. Yeah, and it keeps surprising me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I thought I knew just a bit of it, and sort of. Oh, I know. I'm cool. I know a bit of the. I know how to get to that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I knew nothing. Yeah, I knew nothing. John Snow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shut up. Uh, but yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. I would love to live up there. The, the, yeah, we went right, right to the very top. You could hear us going to that that little yeah, attic room. Like attic room, yeah, yeah. From yeah. the carpets, yeah, just amazing. I love that uh, <laughs> that uh, that ladder they had, that rope ladder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That yeah. was like the fire escape. <laughs> yeah, he had a rope ladder, like an American one that he brought over. Uh, yeah, it was very, very cool. I think experience. that was the actual fire escape. I don't think he was. Playing with us there? No, 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 no. He he, he showed us this wooden fire la ladder, and uh, it was all in jest, but also probably in a 
it's a case of emergency. Yeah. That's what we're going down <laughs> if there was a fire. Yeah. But there wasn't. There um, wasn't, no. And check out uh, Jack's books as well. We'll stick a photo up of those. Um, yeah, he was very kind to uh, give us two of them. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be speaking to Jack again. He's a man of many stories. Marius! Yeah, Owen? I want to know. I want to know something. What do you want to know? What should I do next week? What should I be doing? What's Marius's hot tips? Well, um, because... A lot of festivals, uh, as we all know, and, and music events have just been cancelled. Yeah, yeah? And And uh, there was uh, one here in August that was supposed to come up. Strum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and they have also had to sort of uh, cancel. Um, but they have they've they've not completely sort of uh, cancelled all their events. Okay. They have... Uh, a f- you can go on their website and you can see there are some options. Yep. They've, of course, had to... Uh, they can't have any of their big uh, sort of uh, concerts, indoor concerts kind of stuff. But they have three events uh, that I would like to promote. So there, these are all th- from Strom, um, which means uh, electricity. Ah, okay. Yes. All right. That's yes. what you're talking about. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. yes. Um, yeah. So um, if you are sort of craving uh, some a little rave. Yep. Yeah. There is an option, and uh, speaking of uh, buses, this is called Hordibusen. Party bus. Horty. Horty bus. Horty is fast. Fast bus. This is the fast bus. So uh, on Thursday the 13th, Friday the 14th, and Saturday the 15th, uh, with different times, so check it on strm.dk slash events, you can jump on a two-hour bus ride and let the fast BPM beats per minute uh, take you through the city, um, and and you might think that what I'm gonna get in a in a bus and rave full of full of strangers in that a sounds tight like, space. Yeah, sounds like a <laughs> terrible idea. Yes. right? Am I right? Yeah, terrible idea. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> But um, <laughs> they uh, and I and and it didn't specify this, so I would read up on this before signing up for it. But. Uh, The they will have protective suits. I don't know if it's a full-on hazmat suit What? and face masks. So uh, that's why they are doing this. That's going to be a requirement. A hazmat to... suit would be so rave. That yeah, would be that would very be very rave. rave. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. feel like it kind of work out. Yeah. Um. So that's a requirement. Um. I don't know if you have to get it by it yourself or it's part of sort of some gear you get when you go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, everybody will wear protective suits and a face mask. Uh. So it should be totally safe. Uh, the bus fare is 150 kroners, and you get uh, six uh, Heineken for that also. Six? Really? Six Heineken and uh, for 150 kroners like and a two-hour uh, like bus I w- rave. I wouldn't drink the Heineken. <laughs> but <laughs> but the offer is nice. I mean... Yeah, that's... yeah. It's a terrible <laughs> beer. But uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. There are three chances. So if you're missing uh, a rave... Uh, and you're okay by doing it in a bus, um, right. then uh, check out the <clears throat> strm.dk slash events. The party bus is a big thing in Copenhagen. Is it? It is. You see, a, for, for 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 the amount you see in the size of the city. Yeah, okay, I guess. There's a lot of them. Yeah, <clears throat> Have you, you, you've done it, right? Uh, I've never done one that was driving. I What? think on you, the you did a parked up party bus. Yeah, I remember the <laughs> so distortion. I got a parked bus. No, the distortion had like a party bus, and but it was just sort of, it was standing still. Yeah, so, and I went into it and partied in there. I just for a couple of minutes. I did. I did one from 
uh, about an hour and a half outside the city. <laughs> I got mm. one. I was at this event and there they got a party bus back. I was great for the first while. And then you, you start to slight, like there was a drink on board, so we're okay. But I start to slightly sober up and just oh, no. witness what was happening. I'm like, <laughs> oh God. Oh God. This is terrible. What have I done to yeah. <laughs> I'm so nauseous. <laughs> No, the best party, and I, uh, that's very similar to what I expect this would be. Um, I went to this um, festival uh, in Germany. Um, that it's an electronic music festival, and you could take a bus from Copenhagen to uh, to the to the festival in wow. Germany. Yeah, or like a party bus or just a bus? Well, it was a bus, but it was arranged by the festival. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't like a because the party buses you see here in Copenhagen, it looks fucking sad, <laughs> and generally. That is my thoughts on party buses. <laughs> fucking sad. Uh, you just promoted one. Yeah, but, you but just I, promoted one. But I think there's a massive difference between being in a party bus where it's shit music and you're driving through the city uh, because you didn't have anything else to better to do, uh-huh. and you're hanging out the window trying to you know get some kind of excitement. I don't know which one you're referring to now. <laughs> <laughs> and. Well, I like rave music, so Owen, I would be happy to be in a hazmat suit and a face mask in a bus, okay? Okay. Drinking my shit Heineken. Thank you very much. It, it all depends on the music for me. That's why I like the the bus I okay. took to this festival. Yes. Maybe it also helped that we were going to a festival. It was like, it's the build-up to something. Absolutely. Um, But that was nice. And that was like full on. And then we went on the ferry. Some dude stole two bottles of cognac. In the, the duty free, came back down, and just started handing out cognac. So it was a lovely, lovely, lovely experience. Anyway, yeah. second uh, experience you can uh, try out for uh, Strom is uh, is football related because football has also suffered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We should all feel very sorry for football. Uh, they have apparently a, 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 a raver football sort of Danish championship. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, I'm go- I'm just not as if I know what you're talking about. Okay, I yeah. I did not know that this was part of Strom. Um But you can sign up by uh, sending an email to press at strm, uh, and 12 teams will be selected, and you can be top uh, max five on a team. Uh, it'll be a four on four match. Uh, it's at the, the location called Bispebun, which is between Frederiksberg and Nørrebro, under sort of a big bridge that's sort of an arch. Um, they normally also have bests under the bridge there mm-hmm. and a, a lot of other events. There's a little skate park. It's a pretty cool um, location. Uh, and uh, yeah, they will have a bunch of uh, electronic music and uh, some a raver or some football. So if you nice. uh, want to play some football and uh, become Danish uh, raver football champion, here's your chance. <laughs> That sounds cool. That yes. sounds cool. Uh, and that was on Saturday the 15th from one to five. Finally. If you don't feel comfortable going out in public, and I can understand that, because we are seeing a surge in sort of uh, uh, the infection rate here, uh, Storm also has you covered with a concert and specially designed light installation at the cisterns in um, the uh, park just across from uh, Frederiksberghev uh, and the zoo. Mm-hmm. They have like these underground water reservoir. Um, and here a selection of Denmark's best DJs and producers will uh, play some music and there will be this uh, lovely sort of light installation it's a very cool art space actually it's quite uh-huh. often used for art installations yeah. uh, I've been there it's very interesting uh, you sort of walk around and there's water and sort of uh, these uh, sta- not like stackalites but anyway there's water dripping okay yeah it's very it's very sensual um, 
And uh, you can live stream this from Facebook or YouTube, uh, from Strom's uh, Facebook page okay. or their YouTube page. Can you go down if you want to? No. Ah, right. Okay, so this okay, is okay. completely sort of non-human uh, interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they do recommend that you have a big television and a good uh, sound system. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, don't do it on your phone. Yeah, just... Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is also on uh, Saturday the 15th. It starts at 8 p.m. Yeah, and you can live stream it from uh, their Facebook or YouTube. Excellent. So those are three uh, yeah. electric, electrically hot tips. Electrically electrifying hot tips. Electrifying hot tips. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, Zorman. Um, <clears throat> that's that's the show. Whew. That's the show. Whew. What was up, what was up with us today? I don't know, Owen. We were a bit manic. We were a bit manic. <laughs> I hope we, it was we fun. We recorded <laughs> on a different day. At a different time. At a different time. That's the. Uh, I think that's why. It broke. We broke the. We broke the trend. We broke the mold, yeah, and yeah. Um, we broke our minds along the way. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Check out um, our Facebook page for information on the events Marius was talking about. Uh, check out the Copenhagen Post for any of the articles we were discussing. Uh, check out um, Hus- uh, Husel's uh, biograph for the movies. Yep. Amazing event. And check us out on Spotify and iTunes and all your podcast providers. And give us a click and give us a like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say check yourself before you wreck yourself oh, for, for, what a, oh. thank you very much <laughs> goodbye